Jake, we are back for week nine NFL. There's the week eight recap on screen. A grades, 33% ROI last week, 33% ROI on the season. Um, we're going to give you all one A grade on show. And the other uh, three that we have for now, we'll see if we have any more later in the week. Um, are over. Uh, we'll talk about it on the extended cut. The extended cut today, we're going to cover every single game. Uh, so if you're with us in Dub Club, you'll hear us talk about every NFL game. Uh, otherwise, though, we got a packed slate of games. Jake, uh, what do you what do you have to say for our performance so far at the almost halfway point of the season? Yeah, I mean, look, since there's what it's 18 weeks, so we're we're coming up on the halfway point. Almost this there. Is, this has been incredible. I didn't expect the NFL to go this well. I know in seasons prior, I've struggled with the NFL enough to the, or I almost quit betting it. You bring out this player-based model and it's absolutely made everything a lot easier getting all those sorts of returns. Wish we could get rid of that totals from last week because that's the only red I'm seeing. But other than that, we're good. Yeah, totals totals lost both of them last week. It is possible for us to lose picks, right? We're not going to win every pick. We you know we talk about that. Uh, we feed the world through probabilities, and we understand that we're going to lose some. But by playing the right numbers, the right prices, for the right probabilities, we know we're going to long term profit. That's what we're doing here. Even though last week totals didn't go well, it's a nineteen percent ROI ROI of the season. Uh, show picks have gone uh, pretty well. The eight great sides have been where it's at. And I'm with you. I had stopped betting the NFL too. I was like, this is just ridiculous. There's no point in this stupid thing and then all of a sudden you know I come, i'm like i'm like hey i can, I can i'm smart i can figure this out you know and build a little model and uh, again it goes back to uh what we've long talked about many of you that are here already know this right but my background um with statistics uh you know allows allows me to help figure out what to do when not to do what pitfalls to avoid what data to look at etc there's a lot of things that i've learned over the years and it's funny you know you, you learn these things in any, any craft that you get good at uh, I don't even realize I've learned them and then something happens and I'm like, oh yeah, like that's a thing that I knew to do, but I just didn't even think about it. It's just, it was intuitive because of all my training with it. So it's helped, uh, helped us do really well. Uh, this week we'll again, yeah, mark the halfway point. So uh, hopefully we can keep that 33% ROI there rocking and rolling. And again, we got a packed show today. We're going to get eight picks for you, one A grade. And again, the other A grades and the other games we'll talk about on the extended cut version of the show that you get with us on Dub Club. That cost is under $1 per day. Uh, you will you will be happy with what you're getting there. I promise you, you will get tons of information, tons of picks. College basketball's coming up. Yes. Super pumped for college basketball. I think it's going to be gangbusters from the start of the season uh, when the markets don't know what the heck's happening. And uh, we'll have a player-based model again, so we'll have a pretty good idea of what's happening. So uh, looking forward to that starting up next week. Uh, but, Jake, let's get to it here Thursday night. Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Uh, Kenny Pickett. Claims he's going to play. Uh, other people are a little more questionable about him. So right now, I've got him 70% in. Tannehill, I've got is doubtful. We think it's going to be Will Levis. Um, Levis did okay. He doesn't grade out extremely well. Still below average, but better than a bunch of the quarterbacks that are playing. Uh, better than a guy like Desmond Ritter. Better than Bryce Young. Better than Gardner Minshew. Uh, there's a few other ones. That, that he, he's definitely great up better than after just one game. The thing watching that Titans game, I've already gone through and watched every game from last week and others from Walt Levis. You know, he hit like four, three or four really good deep balls that were beautiful. One of them, like a falling backwards, was an incredible pass. And he had another couple of good passes that the receivers dropped or there was a penalty on or something like that. 
Uh, but other than that, it was kind of like six, seven good throws, and that was about it. I think that's why the model is not like just quite in love with him just yet. I think it's one of those where you have to be optimistic because you were expecting nothing from him. And so it's much better than nothing. I don't think he's going to quite be able to perf- put up that performance again, uh, especially now that teams know, like, hey, this guy can throw a deep ball. Uh, so I, I'm kind of one of those uh, – it's a very lukewarm take I think I have on him, which is, hey, not as good as he was in that game, but maybe better than we thought coming into the season. We were obviously very disappointed with what he did at Kentucky. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, uh, if they have to go to Trubisky – has not looked great. A um, little bit of a downgrade from Pickett. Pickett hasn't been great either. Both these teams can struggle offensively. And that's why the total is so low. The reason we have a player-based model is to help us figure out, did they go too low? And in this case, the model says yes. But the model went too low. The average expected number of points is around 40. So we're going to go over 36 and a half. I don't really think this is going to be a pretty game. But... We're expecting, on average, more points than this. You've got a couple key numbers there, 37, 38, you know, 41. We're all potential landing spots around this number to get us the winner, Jake. Of all the games you can pick, we got two totals. This was this is your over. This is your over for the week, and you're shooting a shot here on Thursday. So tell us why you like this over experience. Yeah, I think the, the books have gone too low here. Um and I think there's more ways it gets over than it doesn't. Both these teams very good defenses, so like I think, um, and going against weaker offensive lines and quarterback offense uh, offenses in general, really. Um, so I think, especially when you got a guy like what going to be able to terrorize Will Levis, uh, I think there's. I mean, the guy never threw four touchdowns in the SEC game. I don't Did he not? Him. That's hilarious. No. <laughs> the, I don't see him repeating that. I mean, I know DeAndre Hopkins is amazing. And I think that's he's he's better than any play. receiver he had in Kentucky, that's for sure. But say, at the same time, wasn't going against the greatest defense yeah. in the world. Yeah, he's so going I, against much over defenses now, that's for sure. Yeah, so I, I think uh, there's better than uh, a good chance that we get a lot of short fields with sack, from sacks or mm-hmm. fumbles mistakes like that that let these offenses look a little better than what they are. Uh, you also, with, when it comes to Pittsburgh, the defense takes a little bit of a hit with Fitzpatrick. I think he's out for this one too. Uh, so that maybe Will Levis kind of shows up again and does something, just bombs it to DeAndre Hopkins all day and Derrick Henry has a game. I, I just think there's so many routes to getting this over with either the short fields coming around, uh, pick sixes, anything like that, or Will Levis and Kenny Pickett kind of showing up and because they've got weapons now with uh, Deontay Johnson and uh, George Pickens. And then you've got Hopkins and Westbrook and Derrick Henry for the Titans. Uh, I just think there's a little too much talent on the field for a 30 point game. Yeah. Mid thirties total. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it'll be mid to low thirties. And and I think you said it really well. So I just want to kind of highlight that point you made that when you talked about there's more ways it goes over than that. It's what we're talking about is probability, right? The probability this gets over we think is greater than the about 53 and a half percent we would need for it to be profitable at this price. Uh, Based off what the model thinks, you know, we're talking mid upper fifties probability this game gets over uh, somewhere in that ballpark. And so it's not to say that again, we always talk about the right. There's no locks in gambling. The idea being, um, there are a lot of ways we can get over this number. It's a really low bar. And kind of, as I mentioned, leading into this, we knew this total should be lower than the average number of points in an NFL game. 
We just think that the, the books have gone a little too low. And this isn't a thing that the model struggles with. Uh, in college football, we've seen a lot of times where the models had totals in, in the low in, in the mid 30s for college games, which is almost unheard of. So it'll adjust and go really high or really low if needed. It, it did last week. There were a couple of games in the mid 30s, and the model had totals in the mid 30s. Uh, and so we didn't play those over under because the model was right there in the mid thirties, but this one, it, it thinks there's a little bit of an overreaction. Uh, and the last one I, I want to make about personally, again, I, it's tough to say after, after just one game, but watching Levis, I definitely think you're kind of onto something with, I think he's going to get points for somebody might be a pick six, might be some short fields, might be a, you know, just being terrorized you know, strip sack, that sort of thing, or deep balls. I don't really know who he's going to get points for, but I don't really have to care. As long as, as, long as the points are too one-sided, then it kind of gets into, we, you know, we may struggle to get there. But, you know, the, Pittsburgh's going to have to defend the deep ball a little bit better, of course, than than what happened last week. But um, he, he seems like a guy who's going to put up some points one way or the other. He's going to let it let it fly, and that creates for a fun game, which will hopefully this will be have enough points to be entertaining. And as long as he gets points for either team, uh, we're happy going over 36 sure. and a half to Germany. We go back to back weeks. We'll have Germany games. And this one is a doozy Miami and Kansas city. Uh, really good slate of games this weekend. If you're an NFL fan, you got to love this Kansas city. Uh, one of the best offenses, Miami the best offenses model loves Miami's defense. I'm not sure they've played up to that level yet, but the model looks at who it has and how they played. And, and, and is much more optimistic going forward about this Miami defense. And I think they've played so far. Um, Kansas City defense, of course, leaves a little bit to be desired. That's the the weakest unit on the field, and and I'm not sure it matters really. In that, it feels like Miami, whoever you go up against, they're going to get a lot of points unless they're also going up against the refs, right? As we saw uh, again against Philadelphia, and that was just kind of uh, not to say it's rigged or anything, but just you know, refs make mistakes and that sort of thing. It happens; they're human, and uh, that that's kind of the only thing I feel like that stopped them. Otherwise, they're just going off of everybody. So it doesn't really matter how good Kansas City's defense is. But we know Miami's going to get some points. The question is how many points. And now we're going to flip to the other side and say, has the books gone too high? And again, we, the model is will predict a really high total if needed. It'll predict a really low total if needed. But it thinks the average number of points here is 47 and a half. So we're going to go under 50 and a half here. Neutral site game. No real home crowd noise. It's going to kind of give one team an edge or the other. You got weird travel spots. Feels like there's a good chance one of these offenses struggles to show up traveling across the ocean. Maybe both. Um, this seems like a game if it was in Miami, you know, and the weather was nice, you might have a shootout. But overseas, I think this is a little bit inflated. I'm not even sure I'm running to bet this right now. There's really no value in 50 and a half. We're talking about this. We're going to lock this in as the official pick. But personally, might wait for a 51, 51 and a half, 52. You wonder if Saturday night people are going to be uh, looking for something to do. They're going to say, oh, Miami kids, let's bet the over. Maybe we can get even a better number. So not running to the window to bet this. I think under is the right play, but maybe we can cross our fingers and get lucky with the 51, 51 and a half, 52 would be even better. But either way, this feels more like a game that's going to stay in the 40s, not the 50s. Jake, you have a lot of experience traveling overseas to Germany playing football, I'm assuming. So you can yes. talk about those those experiences here on, on, on for us, right? Yes, clearly I love. I can speak fluent German as I went over there and played many a year. Not no, not zero. They're, uh, they're football. Football for them, soccer. I guess that's the you know yeah, the yeah and that's yeah. never a sport I got into. But yeah. this total, I mean, flying over there, it, everything's uncomfortable. It's, it's going to be for. The, I can't believe we set this game overseas because this yeah. is, this is the first like, like, game like I can remember. Yeah, like the first game I can remember that since they've started this, that's worth waking up for. Yeah, um, I think it'll be an incredible game. I just think 
the pace of it is going to be a lot slower than what people are thinking. Um, you got guys that are not going to be the most comfortable over over there. Uh, not, not saying that it's just not home. And Kansas City really, they're, they're not running the ball that well, but they're dinking and dunking and taking a lot of time on their offense. I mean, they've got to 51 once this time, and that was against the Bears. Yeah. The rest of this, the rest of the season, they've been in the mid 40s most. And I think, and in that game, did they get to exactly 51? Was that game 41 to 10? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it just got there. Like they haven't got to 52 a single time this season, which is crazy. With, with what we what no. we've come to know from from Mahomes and Maato, right? They've been a team that's you know tons of points. It seems like every time, and it hasn't been that way this year. They played that low scoring game last week against the Broncos. Little weather, not really a little cold, but I don't think you know how much that was the flu. Okay, sure, we can excuse that. They also played a really low scoring game against the Jaguars. They played low scoring games. Played a low scoring game previously. It's like every time you turn around, there's a low scoring game involving the Chiefs, and it's like. How many excuses they got for this? Like, or, or they just they're playing a lot, like it's a lot slower than we're used to. Yeah, it's just, they they don't have that take the top off the defense threat anymore, uh, and I think that's really kind of slowed them down a bit. Also, if last week I know you, you've got the flu thing and all that, but that's got to be worrisome because if you were thinking one week out of the year I'm going to have the flu and still go out there. Have a, be able to have a decent game. This is going to be against the Denver's defense, and they were just shut, shut out, basically shut out. Um, yeah. They didn't get into the end zone. So the def- their defense worries me a little bit, but I, I just think the pace they'll be able to keep because the key to beating Miami is keeping Tua and Tyreek and yep. all them yep. on the sideline, and they're going to that's going to be the game plan. They're going to do that. Um, I don't think when Miami's out there, I think they're going to be able to score almost at will, but. I just don't think they're going to be out there enough to push this 252 or whatever we're going to need to for this not to hit. And, you know, to, to Denver's credit, their defense has played a whole lot better in the, in the recent weeks than they did from those first four games. But nevertheless, they're still at best a, a, a mediocre average defense. That's that's the, the best you can say about them. And again, this Miami Dolphin defense, while it may not be, it has not performed as well as the model projects it going forward. The model still sees a lot there and really likes this defense. And that kind of also plays right into the under because with the style of football that Kinsey's playing, against a solid defense, it is going to take them a long time to move the ball. And we're expecting a lot of seven, eight minute drives. And if it plays out like it did last week and that seven, eight minute drives ending in a field goal, it's exactly what we're looking for, for an under here. So under 50 and a half. And again, a pick I'm not running to the window on yet. If it stays right here, I'm perfectly happy with it, but 50 and a half, 50, 49, 49 and a half, all of those 48 and a half are all the same. Basically the probability we land on 49 or 50 is pretty low. So I'm, I'm happy playing this. But if we can get it even higher, that's even better. So just something to consider uh, as, as you move forward. Something we already covered on the on the Discord chat. So if you're with us over on Dub Club, you're already well aware of that. And again, that Discord chat, something you have it uh, for our Dub Clubbers, a great community of people over there always discussing these sort of things. Um, if that's something you're interested in being a part of. <clears throat> to the Sunday afternoon games, Seattle and Baltimore. Another one I'm, I'm really looking forward to, Jake, the biggest concern I think you have to have if you're a Seattle fan <clears throat> traveling across the country for an early kick Baltimore has been a team that has if you're a Baltimore fan it's got to be maddening this team looks fantastic one week and looks terrible the next week they barely beat the Titans 
overseas. They have a couple of losses to AFC teams that you, you feel like they have no business losing to, but then they just absolutely destroy a team like the Lions and really show just why the model thinks this team is so good, thinking that they are the fourth best team in football based off who they have on the field today who's healthy. Seattle, though, has been a surprise to a lot of people. They're up to number seven, according to the model. They've just kind of been the little engine that could. We've backing them a lot this season. They've been a, a solid team. I don't think anyone saw this quite coming, but the model's been high on Seattle all season. It says Baltimore by 4.7. So we're going to grab five and a half with Seattle. It's a C grade pick. C plus. It's almost to a B grade. Mention this to our people on Dub Club. Don't really know what the right thing to do is. There's no right answer on money line or points. You might want to split your bet. You might want to look at a little bit of both. One thing that I kind of thought of that might be a nice thing, I'm going to try it a little bit here and just kind of see how it plays out just from a personal preference. This is all personal preference, which way you're taking it, is if the model says a team is more than 50% likely to win, I'll take money line. If not, I'll take the points. In this case, the model says that Seattle is slightly less than 50% likely to win, so we're going to take the points. That's just, again, I like to have rules so I can keep my head straight because part of gambling is the mental battle, the mental fight that you have week in and week out to stay sane. But whether you're taking five and a half or the money line, you're kind of at C plus B minus value here on the Seahawks, according to sideline. Jake, you like this. You're not afraid of that cross-country travel. Tell us why. Yeah, I just think Seattle has this advantage of being a very balanced offense. They run the ball well, two very good running backs behind a pretty good line. Uh, Geno Smith seems to be a very mm. – Better, better than average. I don't want to call him average, but he's not great. He's in that in-between uh, he's, quarterback. He's, he's managing the game well, and I don't mean that as a backhanded compliment, right? A lot of times you say that phrase, and it's like, I don't want to I don't want to say it like that, but I mean, like, he's managing it well, and, like, he's doing what he needs. He's almost doing, like, what Russell Wilson did in Seattle. Yeah. He's doing what he needs to do when he needs to do it, and for the most part, for the most part, not every time, right? He had a couple of bad interceptions against Cleveland, which 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 cost him. But for the most part, most season, he's not trying to do too much, and that's kind of the perfect recipe when you when you've got a good team around you. Just kind of do what they need you to do. Don't try to play hero ball. Uh, so yeah, I feel like he's managing the game really well. Again, as as much as that's not <laughs> back in a compliment to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly where I was going with it. it was the last time we saw a Seattle team that had a quarterback that was doing this with a run game was when they were. In- Winning Super Bowls, and they've got um, a decent defense. It's not fantastic. They're, I mean, it can be picked apart, but models got them at number six, so the model likes them. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been high on the Seattle team all year. I thought with the balanced offense, I didn't know what their defense is going to do. Um, they give up a little too many points for for my liking, especially early on in the year. And they may have had some things fixed. I think the trade for Montez uh, Sweat is going to help them out. Mm. Uh, not, obviously, they got this they got. Week, they got Leonard Leonard Williams. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, sorry. Sweat went wrong, to wrong defense lineman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, either way, I think that was a great pickup, picking up a defense lineman to help with stop the run and pass rush and everything. I just don't think it's going to take effect this week. But Seattle really has been in every game except for Week One, and Week One was strange because that was the best the Rams had looked all year, uh, mm. all year at this point, and the Seattle just had an off game. But I mean. Every, every week, they are either winning by uh, enough to co- what, cover or they're staying right within one score, and that's all we need them to do is be inside that one score here uh, when we're taking the points. I just don't think Baltimore 
isn't quite all that put together yet. I think that's why you're seeing him kind of yo-yo. But it's almost like Dallas, but not as drastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yo-yos, like ups and downs. But uh, we'll talk about Dallas later on in the show. Yeah. <laughs> it. I'm, I'm with you. The Baltimore. I just don't know what I'm going to get from them. And they come out and play well. If they come out and play well, and Seattle comes out and play, plays well, this is going to be a, an incredible game. If you get a bad Baltimore game, you probably sounds probably going to win this one. Um, but you just never know what you need with Baltimore. You never know when their offense is going to stall and they're just going to rely on Tucker to kick a ton of field goals. Um, you never know when they're going to have a half where they just don't seem to show up. The other half they do. Baltimore's a really good team. If they could find some consistency, uh, and, and I'm not really sure exactly why we talk about. A little bit could be the running game. The fact that the running game's hindered a little bit now that they've lost Dobbins, that hurts them. But um, I like taking the five and a half here specifically because knowing what I know about Baltimore, they're one of the teams in the league that you feel like could easily slash might easily, especially against a good Seattle defense, might kick four field goals in this game or five field goals. And you might end up with a weird score. The whole like scores that end in threes and sevens and stuff like that with Baltimore it's like 50-50 if you're going to have a normal score or not because how many field goals they might end up kicking. And so in that regard, the plus five and a half might really matter because Baltimore might win by five. Even though five's really hard to do, when you get that many field goals involved, who the heck knows what's going to happen? And then teams start going for two. It feels like it could be a weird score. So in this one, I'm not like dying to get to six. I don't think six matters a ton here relative to normal games. Obviously, you want that. You always want a better number. Uh, But in this case, it's kind of one of those whatever points you can get, take them, I think, because... Um, could be a tight game. Who the heck knows who's going to win and by how much and what field goals are going to happen. Uh, but again, if you want to split a little bit on money line, I don't think that's crazy. Jake, what's your approach on this game? Are, are you splitting a little bit money line? Are you going one way or the other on it? Yeah, I'm treating it more like uh, as many units as we normally put on like a B grade pick and putting the excess on the money line. Cause I really like the Seattle team. I, th- I think it's good. This game looks is going to end up looking a lot like the, uh, Colts game they had earlier in the year because the balanced offense that the Colts had at that time with, I mean, Minshew was 230, 250, somewhere there, and then Zach Moss ran over 100. Uh, I think that's going to be the same kind of game attack you're going to see from Seattle. And Baltimore's not got the still, for some reason, even though it was because Lamar Jackson is, they just never seem to put the right weapons around him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they gave him Mark mm-hmm. Andrews, and that Zay Flowers might turn out, but it's like they can't get him any other help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Arizona and Cleveland, 1 p.m. Eastern. Arizona going to go to Clayton Toon. Cleveland, I don't know what they're doing at quarterback this week. Deshaun Watson's listed as probable or quite, no, questionable right now. By the time you watch this, that may have changed. It may change three more times by the time Sunday comes. I have no idea. If they drop off to PJ Walker, it gets worse uh, by another couple points. The model's already hedging its bets, and that Cleveland by 7.5 is partially with Walker in there, partially with Watson in there. So again, if you're with us on Dub Club, we'll post updates multiple times a week, and we'll update on this number based off what we learn. So that's obviously the big question mark number one. But honestly, with this pick, I think this is why we talk about having a player-based model because we can kind of see what the value of losing Dobbs is to this Arizona team. And it, it's not not a ton. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't really doing that much better than what we think we should see from Clayton Toon based off of uh, his pedigree and what we saw from him in the preseason. I'm not expecting a lot from Toon, but Dobbs 
last week through two absolutely terrible interceptions, and Arizona's still covered. They've played hard all season, and this Cleveland offense kind of seems stuck in the mud. I, I don't like this Arizona team a ton, but when you're getting more than a touchdown against a team that really struggles on offense, like it kind of seems like something you can't pass up. And again, model says Cleveland by seven and a half, but if PJ Walker is starting quarterback, the model would project that under a touchdown. So getting more than a touchdown, it's one of those plug your nose and play kind of things, right? Yeah, that's exactly the way I'm looking at it. I mean, it feels weird to back this Arizona team after going on their third quarterback um, against a very, very, very good defense at Cleveland. Uh, but I just don't trust Cleveland to be able to score enough to do this. And, as long as Arizona doesn't score it for them, then I, I think we're going to be safe with this being over a touchdown because uh, Arizona's played hard all year, all throughout the game. They they don't, like, roll it in or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think we're they'll be going full force even at the end of the game because those guys are – most of the guys on that team now are playing for jobs for next year, yeah. um, basically extended tryout. So I, I think we're going to get a close game even though – Cleveland was probably the much better team overall, but I think their offense is just so bad right now without uh, without Nick Chubb and then the shot, the quarterback situation, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just not fun to watch. This Cleveland defense is starting to slip in sidelines ratings. I think part of that is because the offense has been so bad. And part of that's Nick Chubb, absolutely. I had him grade out. I think it's the best running back overall entering the season, right? And he's not going to be your fantasy stud like Christian McCaffrey. He's going to catch passes like him. But what Chubb does, blocking for you and how good he is as a runner, I think I had him slightly as the best running back in football uh, coming into the season. And losing that is a massive blow because they don't really have much else running the ball, uh, as evidenced by the fact that they signed a guy literally off the street who wasn't doing anything to carry half the time now for him. And then you then you have Deshaun Watson. Watson, who obviously has been up and down, more down than up, and maybe trying to find it again, but then he goes out, and then you go to P.J. Walker, who I think I have as the 64th best quarterback, and I'm only modeling 64 of them. I mean, it, it's a rough situation here for their offense, and I think their defense is taking a little bit of hit because their defense is on the field so much, and at some point, you're going to make more mistakes when you're on the field for longer. You saw Seattle was able to kind of shred them apart for a little bit of that game last week. And there were times when that Cleveland defense looked fantastic and just absolutely shut them down. But there were times when it felt like the Cleveland defense was just, you know, they're just overworked and they can't play a full good game because their defense is just out on the field too much. Um, And so I think that's kind of why they're slipping. They were a top 10 defense for most of the season, but now they've slipped just on the outside of it. Um, It's not that I'm down on their defense. It's just, it's just tough to keep that up. And that's kind of what you assume will happen here because even though Arizona's defense is good, Cleveland just has a hard time moving the ball against anybody. It seems like this is going to be some ugly football, ugly football. Give me a team that I know is going to try hard for the whole game. They've done it all season getting more than a touchdown again it's kind of a stinky play but you just can't pass this opportunity up because you're going up against a team that you're just not convinced can score enough points to win by double digits which is what you're asking people asking cleveland to do here to cover also 1 p.m tampa bay and houston uh houston kind of you know got stuck a little bit in carolina a very disappointing game for them on the road coming back home model loves their defense and what they've done um, offensively kind of average EJ Stroud's been fantastic for a rookie quarterback for them. Models high on this Houston team, Tampa, they're okay. Kind of up and down. You never really know what you're getting. Baker Mayfield is questionable. 
And so that kind of matters, you know, a little bit to that. We've got Houston at 68%. Minus 150 is B grade value. Um, and Jake, if it gets to minus 140, we're in an A grade. So we're about a dime away from A grade territory here, but still a pretty good investment here. Houston caught us last week. That didn't go well for us, but for the most part, Houston's been pretty good to us this season. So really no reason to jump off that train as bad as they looked last week against Carolina, right? Yeah, I mean, you're never as bad as your worst game, and I think that was that's going to be the worst game out of uh, Houston we see all year. I mean, It might be Carolina's only win, so yes, I would hope that's their worst game of the season. Yeah, I mean, Carolina's defense doesn't get enough credit. They're, they're mm-hmm. actually a decent defense. It's, yeah. it's the offense that's putting them in bad situations for the most part. But, it, it, exact uh, same thing we talked about with Cleveland's defense, right? Carolina's defense is grading out worse and worse just because they're always in the field because their offense is so terrible. But the actual defense isn't terrible. It's just if they're on the field so much, it's it's hard to play for the full 60. Yeah, and I, I think we're going to get Houston with a little wake-up call there Then. Who knows? They may have been a little, little too proud there going into mm-hmm. Carolina, assuming they're the zero and what zero and five, zero and sixteen. Zero and sixteen. Built a beat, uh, but now the wake up call plus coming back home, I think is going to be really good for this Houston team and Tampa Bay. Even with Baker, I'm not, and I've they've got talk about a team that's got weapons with White at the running back, Evans and Godwin. Uh, even their tight ends are fairly decent. It's just. Baker and whoever's quarterback just can't get it going to them. Can't can't do enough to get it going because they've got a decent defense. But same same thing seems to be a pattern here that the offense isn't doing enough to help the defense out. Uh, and uh, Baker seems to make make some turnovers and stuff, more questionable turnovers. And that was his problem all all throughout his NFL career. Yeah. And Houston's defense. Well, is very good, and we'll, we'll take advantage of it. Uh, take advantage of those and. I think with Tank Dell coming back and be able to use him along with Nico Collins and Damian Pierce, I think they'll be able to do enough to solve this Tampa Bay defense and win this game at home. Houston seemed very uncomfortable watching that game against the Panthers. Carolina really slowed that game down and really kind of minimized the number of possessions. It seemed like the game just flew by. And you have to assume at home, Houston's have a better opportunity to kind of play at their pace. They like to do a lot of creative things, especially with a guy like Tank Dell, um, get their receivers to ball and into rounds and, and you know, into the backfield and do a bunch of fun things like that. And Houston just couldn't quite get it going against Carolina um, you know, for a couple, you know, various reasons. But for the most part, when I watched that game, I, I thought, you know, that seemed like just a bad variance game for them, uh, which goes like we always talk about. No one's ever as bad as you look at the worst because sometimes you're going to have that where just things go wrong. That just kind of is what it is. Um, but Houston still did much a better team. Backup quarterback for Tampa Bay, by the way, I have is Kyle Trask. Um, so it would be a little bit of a downgrade from Baker, but Baker already only ranks at the 20th best quarterback according to the model. So it's not like it's he like you said, he's not like he's been doing great. CJ Stroud already ranks ahead of him uh, in his rookie season. So you got the better quarterback also with the home teams. So minus 150, uh, a pretty good value backing the Texans. Also, 1 p.m. Washington, uh, fresh off of losing two of their defensive linemen now, and that really changes the perception of this game. Uh, I'd run the projections uh, for this before the trade deadline here. Um, waited to post that until the, the trades happened, and, and all of a sudden um, we went from – Washington might be 50-50 to win this game to 
now all of a sudden we've got New England by two and a half. So uh, that obviously matters, losing your your two best defensive uh, linemen. Um, either way, it's hard to say these two teams are drastically different. Neither one of them are very good. I would have said Washington was the better team before they lost those two guys. Now, eh, probably not. But also, I don't know. This is going to be some more bad football. Uh, but that doesn't mean you can't profit off it. We're going to grab the field goal with Washington again. Same rule. You can take the money line if you want. The plus odds, it's not a bad idea. Taking a field goal is not a bad idea, especially a field goal at plus 105. Uh, it's always fun to get those plus odds on the field goal. Uh, I have to imagine if the money keeps pouring on that way, the books will move it to three and a half uh, at minus odds. They don't love to go off three and three and a half, knowing how common three is. That's the way they can get caught. So that's why they move these odds so dramatically on the three, hoping that it comes off and they never have to expose themselves to three and a halves uh, for fear of what will exactly happen <laughs> with the bet count and, and the money coming in. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. So, you know, watching that line, but whether it's plus three, Plus three and a half, money line. Washington, kind of the pick, I think, here of the who the heck knows. So there's some value taking points or money line, right? Yeah. I, this game is a complete coin toss to me. I mean, these teams are, I mean, even your rankings are almost identical in all the mm-hmm. rankings. So they're right next to each other. Uh, then take out probably the best receiving threat New England had with Bourne. I think he mm-hmm. tore his ACL. So I think he's done mm-hmm. for the year. Um, Right, right about the time Mac Jones was kind of waking up. So I, I don't know what is exactly going to happen here. Ramondre Stevenson is kind of lost on offense this year after last year looked like he was going to be a stud running back. Uh, then Washington can't keep Sam Howell on his on his feet, no, no matter who they play, and they seem to give their best game to Philadelphia every year, but or every every time out. But I, I just don't see that this this game being more to fill the apart. I think the whole time this is going to go back and forth um, and just be absolutely terrible football to watch, but uh, it's going to be real close the whole time. And I'm going to take, especially at plus odds, I'm going to take the field goal. I mean, we might get beat on a push, but I'll, I'll take the chances getting more than double my money here. Yeah. It's because Jared and I always talk about with college football games, you don't have to watch them to make the monies. Um, this is definitely not one we advise watching. You talk about the New England receiving issues. Tomorrow, Douglas uh, is their number one at this point, and he's one of the worst number ones in football. Uh, just eyeballing this, I think I have him as the second worst number one receiver. Kendrick Bourne out makes Devontae Parker, uh, according to my model, their next best receiver. Um, and it's not good. It's not a good ranking for him. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, on a lot of competitive teams, would be a number three probably even a number four on some teams probably even a number five uh so you're you're right that that new england offense uh it, it's tough because mac jones hasn't been good overall the model has not been high on him after a nice start that he had and now when you lose those weapons or whatever it's just going to be even more deflating because he just doesn't have anything around him to to impress with uh, this washington defense i was a little bit higher on um before they lost those two players those two linemen uh, obviously matter a lot they're they're both very good um but as it is when you look at the new england offense versus the washington defense i don't really see like a huge edge one way or the other um so it's one of those things where um like i said ugly football who the heck knows take a field goal take plus odds split your bet however you want to do it um makes sense here again it's just too good to pass up uh versus if this was new england minus two and a half, you know, minus one ton on both sides. And your plus odds is only like a plus one 
115 plus 120, something like that, you're kind of like, eh, maybe, right? But the plus odds you're getting, I think it's like plus 145, plus 150, uh, something like that. Or getting the full field goal at better than even money is just too much, too, too interesting, too enticing to pass up at a game that um, who the heck knows with, with these teams. It's not like either one's been good or predictable at all this season. Which takes us to uh, m- more unpredictability. Dallas and Philadelphia. Philadelphia, uh, you know, vying for the best team in football. Model has them number three. They've been number one for half the season in my ratings. A lot of it's just to do with injuries, who's in, who's out. Uh, but they're very good. Make no bones about it. Good offense, good defense. Um, Dallas, also good. A little bit less good. A little bit more volatile. Uh, we've talked, we've kind of zigzagged a lot on the Cowboys and really well with this kind of, I don't want to say theory, but it's a little bit like we talked about with Boise State and College Football. Just when you think you figured it out, they're going to go the other direction. They're going to they're gonna look great when you think they shouldn't. They're going to look terrible when you think they should look great. Uh, Cowboys look fantastic on national TV as the uh, game Fox game of the week for the early slot uh, last week. Uh, they got, you know, they got the announcement group with little baby KK. And, uh, you know, that was great for them, but now coming to Philadelphia, it's a little bit of a tougher challenge. Model thinks the Phillies, uh, the, the Phillies, the Eagles, still in baseball. The Eagles here win this seven out of 10 times, minus 160. Here's your A grade pick. For those of you just watching the free show, again, we got more A grade plays in the extended cut version on Dub Club. Again, if you want to sign up, that link's in the show description. More A grade plays there. What's your A grade play here? Philadelphia minus 160. Jake, we've been pretty high on the Eagles this year, other than against Washington who we took Washington plus seven last week, pushed. Um, other than the two Washington games, Philadelphia has been pretty good to betters. And I don't see this one being any different in that regard. Yeah, I, I feel that way. I, I think Dallas is going to have the wrong end of the yo-yo going against uh, Philadelphia here. And Philadelphia is going to be they're, – they're not thrilled with how they've been playing lately. Mm. Uh, I mean, I know the Dolphins game was good, but you're coming off a loss to the Jets before that. Um, they played a close game with the Rams before, before that one, and then you've got the second time the, command, the Commanders almost had them. I mean, they were fighting from them early in that game. Uh, so I think they're going to come out angry. They're going to, especially here on the road again. Uh, and I think Dallas is just going to be not not the best version of themselves. And also, they haven't been able to run the ball like we kind of. Thought Dallas would be able to. Mm. Um, you got to thought Tony Pollard was going to be. Like, I, I don't know. I need to look into it more, but I don't know if he's bad, or if the line's bad, or if both are just not working well together this year. But without that, and I mean, CeeDee Lamb's really been their only true mm. offense. And I think Darius Slay is going to be able to match up with him and kind of take him out. And I, I don't see Dallas being able to score enough to stay in this game with the with the break that Philadelphia can score, running, throwing, doing whatever, and Jalen Hurt and pushing Jalen Hurts down the field. <laughs> I think the issue for the Cowboys, their line has been mostly fine. Uh, had some injuries early on in the season, but uh, you know I think they've kind of battled through that. I think the biggest issue is that they need a compliment um, to Pollard. He's great uh, outside the tackles, catching passes. Uh, but they've been trying to run him up the middle, and he, he hasn't done very well with that. And they haven't used the backup, uh, who runs pretty hard at the middle. Uh, I, I've been impressed with but they haven't used him enough there. And that was why there was talk of them potentially training for a guy like Derrick Henry to kind of be that offsetting guy. You know, Henry take the take the beating and going up the middle and then get Pollard on the outside, have a have a one-two punch. That's what happened with, 
with Zeke, they would Zeke would go up the middle in between the tackles, and Pollard was so fantastic uh, outside, and they just haven't done that. Um, they're kind of trying to treat Pollard like he's, uh, you know, can handle more so inside, and it's not that he can't handle; it's just not as good there as, as you want to get him in space. And uh, it's, so it's been interesting utilization of him. I think, um, you know, the other thing is they've always had the problem of so many weapons. And how do you keep everybody happy? They love their tight ends, even though now the tight end that they're using is a nobody and no offense to him. It's just, he's not like a star, um, but they still want to give him the ball because they love their tight ends in Dallas. Uh, you've got, you know, other wide receivers complaining. They weren't getting enough love. And so now they're getting passes thrown to them, which means there's less that loud to Paul. They just, it's hard to figure out how to keep everybody happy and, and rotate through with the offense. And so I think it's been, I think they're still trying to figure it out in Dallas and, and that's fine for them. They've got opportunities to do that here. It's just, that doesn't really lend itself to having a successful week against the Eagles, right? <laughs> you, you'll be able to figure that out before the playoffs, hopefully exactly what your identity is. But I think with a new play caller now, a couple of new pieces from last year, they're still trying to figure out exactly what they are on offense. My take on the Eagles is I kind of think after that big win against the Dolphins, kind of think it's a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a letdown now, a little bit of a play to your competition, that sort of thing. And the model, you know, has taken note and downgraded them just a little bit for it. But uh, I think when you have a team that's that good, it's real easy in the long regular season to maybe not bring your A game every single week. And I think that's kind of maybe what happened against uh, the Jets kind of happens against the commanders. It's hard to get up for that, but I, I think you're going to see a good Eagles team this week who knows, okay, now we've got to get up and bring our a game. And when the Eagles bring their a game, they are really tough to beat, uh, especially at home. Uh, so minus 160 on the Eagles, a great pick. And we got a Monday night pick for you as well, Jake, Los Angeles, AFC version versus New York, AFC version. Obviously it's chargers and jets, uh, you know, chargers, up and down, model has them as about average. The Jets, great defense, terrible offense. Um, but this game's in New York, so the fact that the Chargers are the better team will be offset a little bit by that cross-country travel. Model says this is a coin toss game, so let's get us a plus odds here. Monday Night Football with the Jets at plus 140. It's a B grade. It's kind of a B plus grade. It's not B plus, 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 but it is B plus grade. Um Again, we're taking it at plus 40, the A-grade threshold. Uh, oh, I lied to this plus, 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 plus. The A-grade threshold is plus 141. So it is right there. Uh, basically an A-grade pick uh, for us here on the Jets. Jake, their defense is going to be strength on strength. The Chargers' offense is the best part of their game. The Jets' defense is the best part of their game. When the Jets have the ball, the Chargers' defense is not very good, but the Jets' offense also not very good. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. Why are we getting plus 140? I, I think people are falling in love with the. I mean, Bleacher Report does this great that Gridiron Heights thing, and one of the jokes they made about them is a social media star team because it's they are fun to watch with the Chargers. Uh, they have great uniforms. They're great uniforms. They've got. They had that great fan who everyone loved. Yeah. Yes, who was also a Vikings fan. Uh, I think it was I, like our son's team was the Vikings. I think is what that was. Oh. Yeah. I, uh, well, either way. Uh, uh, like you've got Herbert who can put up numbers and looks good. You got Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and every. How can you not root for Eckler, right? Coming from whatever random Division two college. Him and the 
quarterback for the Bears. Imagine, yeah. uh, but like before that, they could. It looked good last week, but it was also against the Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look the two weeks prior to that, they put up 17 points against Cowboys and the Chiefs, who have decent defenses, but not fantastic. Not this. I just the Jets are a different level of defense. They are very good if their offense happens to trip and fall and get on the right side of the 50 and score some points. It is very tough for teams to beat them, especially because the Jets defense can score and will score uh, even on special teams. So I just think there's too many ways that the Chargers can lose this for me to feel mm-hmm. good putting my money there. So I'm I'm going to go with the Jets because at home um, with that defense, Chargers going from west to east. I don't know. If something's crazy is going to happen, I'd rather have the plus odds than laying it. Right, right. And that's what we've got to talk about trying to default more to dogs is the smarter way to play this. It's not as sexy. It's a little bit more, you know, a little more heartburn, right? But it's generally the smarter way on average to look at things. Watching Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football both, you had similar situations where a team was favored by 7 to 10. And in both games, the favorite won heavily. But they were two very different ways. When you saw the Lions, they – owned the Raiders. The Raiders were in that game by the grace of God, by accidents. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was the pick six, a fumble at the three, and some red zone field goals. But, like, man, that was a one-sided game. When you watch the Chargers-Bears, the first play of the game for the Bears should have been a touchdown. It was never touched. Later on in that same drive, they had a potential for a touchdown. They had the, the one that was dropped. The guy was wide open in the end zone. He fell down. Uh, and then it still hits him in the chest and he doesn't catch it. Um, there was another like fluky like, turnover type thing. I think like it, the Bears got down and it kind of threw things off. But like I never really felt like the Chargers were the dominant team in that game. Like I like I, like I did watching the, the the Lions and and to me I think that kind of matters coming into this game because yeah the Chargers looked great last game on the scoreboard, but when I watched them, like I wasn't that impressed with them. And obviously I'm not that impressed with the Jets either. And that's kind of the point. I'm not impressed with either one of these teams. And I do think the Chargers are the better team, but again, the home field part matters. And that's what again brings us to about a coin toss. And that better team on the road cancels out coin toss plus 140. Just way too good to pass up because who the heck knows what's going to happen. Uh so we're going to take that. You can also take points as well. We just decided on the rules here. We think Jets are 51% likely to win, so that's what's got us in the money line here. Jake, how are you playing this one? Are you playing a little bit of split action as well? No, I'm, I think I'm going all money line. Uh, something I forgot to bring up here is uh, the rushing attack is non-existent, even with Eckler back mm. for the Chargers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, was, he, was all, he was all passing, catching the ball. And the last thing you want to be is one-dimensional, especially one-dimensional through the air against this Jets team. Uh, I could very well see this game being – just a terrible game to watch and finishing almost with the exact score of last week's Jets game with the Jets winning, mm-hmm. like thir- what was it, 13 to 7, mm-hmm. something like that. Just cause, yeah, I just don't see Herbert being the guy to pick apart this Jets defense. Well, the model has the Jets pass defense ranked number two. And again, that's all the information I'm providing the cheat sheet. So you can see all of these different rankings that I'm uh, referencing right now. I mean, number two against the pass is pretty impressive. But even if you don't trust exactly what the model says about that, think about the quarterbacks that the Jets have stifled through the air this year. They've allowed 23 points to Mahomes. 
they allowed 14 points to Jalen Hurts. They allowed 16 points uh, to Josh Allen. I mean, it's pretty impressive how they can stifle teams through the air. And that's all the Chargers can do. The way to beat the Jets team is run the ball. And that's not easy to do against them because they still have a good run defense, right? But, you know, like I said, you want to be balanced and you want to take advantage of running, not passing. And the Chargers haven't been able to do it. You saw it last week with them. And, and Eckler, I think he's about 100% now from my understanding that, that he came back not quite 100%. Uh, but based off of everything I, I've researched into about that sort of injury, he should be about 100% by now. And they're they're putting Josh Kelly back in there for, for running downs half the time and handing the ball to him. And he's, he, ain't, he ain't good. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, Eckler's catching passes, and that's where he's adding value. And and honestly, that's you know a good start for them. But they've got to figure out a way to run the ball, and that's part of the reason why their offense ranks number twelve. Uh, is they've got some guys, but with being one receiver down, struggling to run the ball, it's just not quite all there uh, for their offense to be that top tier. And that's the only type of offense I think is gonna that you can rely on to have success against the Jets. Um, so otherwise who, who the heck knows plus hots is just too good to pass up. Uh, that is our recap. Okay. We've got more games. We're going to talk about the rest of the slit here, uh, after yep. the music, after our 60 second break. So if you're with us on dub club, stick around after the music. If you're not sign up, like the show description costs under $1 per day. And you can hear us talk about the rest of the games. Jump on board for college basketball season. Uh, we will make your money back. Uh, off yep. that investment. So, uh, Jake, any parting words before we get uh, a 60 second reprieve? Yeah, you're definitely going to want for college basketball because there are up teen billion teams and it's impossible for everybody to keep mm. track of every one of them. That's where the model really shines. Is it helps you find those little teams that we can back that nobody's pricing right. It also helps me find the teams because I don't even know that they exist half the time because there's so many of them. Um, <laughs> That's just the way it goes with 360-whatever teams in college basketball. So, again, uh, if you're with us on the exclusive extended cut dub club version, stick around after the music, and we'll talk about the rest of the slate. 